Hi, everybody. This is Ruta Lee, and you're listening to TV Confidential. Ed Robertson along with Tony Figueroa, Donna Allen, and our guest, Robert Crane. Bob's latest book, Hollywood Plateau, is a collection of candid interviews with the likes of Chevy Chase, Jimmy Kimmel, Joan Rivers, Roseanne Barr, the cast of SCTV, Oscar De La Hoya, Jan Stevenson, Jamie Foxx, Cheech and Chong, and other actors, artists, executives, and newsmakers. All of the interviews featured in Hollywood Plateau were conducted over a 40-year period, roughly 1974 through 2013, prior to the era of political correctness. Hollywood Plateau is available in paperback and as an ebook through Amazon.com. Bob's brother-in-law, Dave, is also with us for this segment. Bob has put together a special TV trivia quiz where all the answers relate to the career of his dad, Bob Crane. When we went to break, we had gone through the first nine questions. That leaves us with one last question, which, as you'll see, is a multi-parter. Here we go. Which, and this is real pie in the sky. I don't know how I thought this. Which famous English rock band visited the set of Hogan's Heroes? You know, 65 to 70. The Moody Blues. Go for the Beatles. Uh, oh, oh. Dave Clark Five. You are correct. Oh. And Were they fans? Dawson. Richard oh, Dawson. Yeah. That's the connection. Yeah. Okay. Dickie yeah. Dawson. Dickie yeah. Dawson. Yeah. Which leads into, uh, well, I just gave that away. Okay. Mm-hmm. I just blew this last question. Richard Dawson. <laughs> You're right. Yeah. You're right. That's it. Thank you for playing <laughs> TV Quiz. I'm sorry, it's supposed to be who is Richard. Thank you. Yeah. I'm sorry. So, Witch Hogan's Heroes regulars ex-wife was on the cover of Sgt. Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club band. Can you name the ex-wife and position her on the album cover? No. <laughs> <laughs> Diana Doors. Oh, okay. Who yeah, was an English bombshell. Kind of a Jane Mansfield, yeah. you know, type. If you look at the Beatles on the iconic cover, you know, with the drum, and they're standing there. Uh, I forget which Beatle is on the right that we're looking at. Anyway, just to the right of the last Beatle on the right is this English blonde bombshell wearing a low-cut dress and a, I think maybe a fur or something. That's Diana Doors. Because how exciting was this? Um a huge Beatle fan, and Dawson gets the new Sgt. Pepper album, brings it out to the set before it's out. Ooh. And I go, what is this? He goes, it's the Beatles' next album. What? How'd you get it? That's my ex-wife. Wow. Whoa. Neat. Now, if I remember correctly, your dad was not a fan of contemporary Music. His 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 tastes were pretty much big band era, Vic Speederbeck, Glenn Miller, Glenn Miller, which was much in step with the type of music he was playing on KNX at the time. Because KNX, as I recall, was what they call on radio a middle of the road station. You didn't play you didn't play rock. You didn't play standards. They were sort of that mm-hmm. middle ground. I know there's not a question there, but. Yeah, that, but the same thought was popping in my head when you were saying it. I've got a story about that. <laughs> Going back to KNX days when he was still on the radio, he's doing the radio show and starting Hogan's. 
So he's pre-taping stuff the night before. He's, you know, we never see. He's really multitasking, yeah. Yeah, you could take that one. And and by the way, David, for participating in TV Quiz, you get a lovely edition of the home edition of TV Confidential. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. All right. Thank you. Good job, David. So we're we're, – yeah, so he's still doing the radio show. He's doing Hogan's. He has to go back to the radio station one night. I've been with him to the set of Hogan's during the day. So we drive back to Sunset Boulevard, you know, Sunset and Gower, the yeah. CBS building. And he's going to go in the back way. We park in the back. He's going to go in the back through the studio. They had a recording studio there uh, mm-hmm. for uh, Columbia Records. Mm-hmm. And there's five long hairs standing there. And I'm, I'm freaking. Mm-hmm. I'm freaking. And they don't have a key. They can't get in. So he goes, I got to get here. Mm-hmm. He opens the door, lets him in. We go in. I go, Dad, do you know who that was? No. The birds. Oh, wow. <laughs> <laughs> nope. Yeah, their first album had come out, to Mr. Tambourine Man. Yeah. Oh, but I had heard stories because you, your dad was big band guy. Werner Klemperer was the son of Otto Klemper, a, a famous... He was, he was a symphony conductor. A symphony conductor. Do you need another, you want another one? I'm trying to think of the actor's name who played Major Hochstetter. Um, oh, Leon Askin. No, no, that was Major uh, Bolkart. I mean, that was General Bolkarter. Howard Kane. Howard Kane, thank you. Yeah. Was a bluegrass banjo player. He's a southerner. What? He was a But he played blue... I heard he, he played bluegrass banjo. Wow, I never knew that. Yeah, and the, the musical talent on that show. And then, yeah, who Robert... Who is this Gordon, man? They could have done a house band. Yeah. Yeah. They yeah. could have done a house yeah. band. Yeah. They could have played the Smokehouse on weekends. Smokehouse. Yeah. Robert mm-hmm. Cleary, vocalist. Was a great vocalist. Did uh, Ivan Dixon really play the big? Because there's one where they're like doing this, they're being kept in this uh, nightclub or something like that, and they all get, go hop on the stage and start playing instruments. <laughs> and I'm wondering, okay, I know your dad's really playing. Yeah. And yeah. I have a hunch Ivan Dixon's really playing the bass there. Wow. It, I, 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 and Robert Cleary was doing the vocals. Yeah. And there was that one. Where he does this incredible rendition of Alouetta, uh, Robert Clary, when they're they're doing the camp show. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, your dad got to play drums on that show. Probably more, m- more, more than more than most POWs. Because <laughs> I remember when he's just, for no reason he's playing kettle drums. <laughs> that was probably in his contract. Yes. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yes, I never knew what kettle drums were until I saw your dad play them on Hogan's Heroes. Wow. Oh, and I remember something from my childhood, and I don't know if this. Your dad made an appearance on Hobo Kelly, Hobo who was a local kid show in Los Angeles. Okay. Uh, which, you know, going back to your book about how, you know, at a different politically correct time, uh, you know, nowadays we wouldn't have a kid show that featured uh, a hobo. No. Let alone a, a woman hobo who was living on the train tracks. Yeah. And showed you cartoons in the morning and, uh, you know, and, and had songs and all that. But she did a, a Christmas special where... You know, all of a sudden, all these people were coming off the train, all these celebrities. And I remember your dad was one of the celebrities, and John Banner was one of the celebrities. And so this had to be shortly before John Banner. But John Banner comes on the show wearing Schultz's helmet, which I don't know. Wow. I I never saw that. You never? And I'm sure it doesn't exist. I know, you know, a lot of these local TV shows, they were never preserved for posterity's sake. Hobo Kelly. Hobo Kelly. But I remember... I know there were other celebrities on this show, but your dad and John Banner were the only ones I, from you know my kids' point of view, was the only celebrity that I knew. Yeah. But it was, in the, they, in, in the show had to be still yeah. in they, progress. They did a couple of appearances together. I don't, I don't know. I guess they choose Hogan, of course. And I think Schultz was the, you know, the lovable 
mm-hmm. grandfather type or something. Loved him. And they were on the Lucy show together. They yes. They did uh, the, Le- the Leslie Uggum show. Leslie Uggum show. I think a couple all of, of them did together. that one, yeah. They all did that one. I think a couple of them did the Smothers Brothers. My maybe, dad did. Okay, or maybe... I don't or, know about anybody or else. Or maybe the Glenn now, Campbell show? Now, what did your dad think of the Smothers Brothers? Because I heard he was very conservative. Yeah. Uh, he he did not like people bad-mouthing the no. president, who would have been Nixon at the time. Yes. Yeah. They never got into anything because he loved the Smothers Brothers. He just thought they were funny. He probably would have played them on KNX, you know, when he was yeah. still doing the show. And they were probably on the show, yeah. you know, promoting yeah. a record. or Yeah, he he liked them. Oh, yeah. But you're you're right, yeah. Politically, at different ends. Yes, I remember uh, Werner Klemperer said in an interview that your dad was to the right of Mussolini. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he was he was a conservative. Yeah. yeah so, yeah. By modern standards, would you consider him a, a conservative? Or? Yeah, you know, just politically. Yeah. Every other aspect uh, of yeah. his life <laughs> was no. pr- pretty liberal. Yeah. yeah. He's a weird weird cat. Stay with us, folks. We'll be right back. Speaking of Bob's latest book, his newest book, his brand new book, uh, which is called Hollywood Plateau, which is available through Amazon, both as in softcover and in paperback. And as we mentioned earlier, it's a window into the minds of many notable celebrities, artists, musicians, athletes, comedians. In, in many cases, Bob interviewed these people just as they were becoming yeah. famous. You know, one such example is Jimmy Kimmel. Yes. Now, this is one of my favorite interviews in the book because I think we've said this on the I've said this on the program. I don't know whether you've whether we've talked about this as a group, Donna. But to me, Jimmy Kimmel was an acquired taste. Yes. I didn't watch The Man Show, although you made me rethink The Man Show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But it's pretty primitive. Yeah. Now, watching it now, especially. Although the way they broke it down, it, it almost makes me want to re- at least watch the show the way they talk about it. But to me, Kimmel has grown. I, I've yeah. grown mm-hmm. me as me as, as a performer, and I like his monologue, and I like what he does. I like how he uses his show to further yeah. causes. Yeah, he's. he's Used it quite successfully. Yeah. yeah. But this is pre-talk show Jimmy Kimmel. This is man show era post-Ben Stein Jimmy Kimmel. Yes. Where he's still, where he's still doing stuff with Corolla. Yeah. And that, that's where I interviewed them backstage. I forget the lot in Hollywood. And they were great. They were funny. Just, again, wild, saying anything. Not, not like, you know, well, I think Jimmy still says what he wants to say. But it, it wasn't that control again that you referred to earlier in most of the artists now yeah artists whatever you want to call them yeah so it was refreshing i got a phone call from him years later though i interviewed joe rogan of yeah. fear factor fame who took over for yes yeah. the man show briefly i guess it ran another year or something and he did a little slam on jimmy's then girlfriend uh sarah silverman mm-hmm. so i got a phone call from jimmy kimmel he said i thought we were friends after this interview because i had interviewed him first mm-hmm Joe Rogan later. I thought we were friends. I, I go, it's Joe Rogan being yeah. Joe Rogan, you know, just defending his, his woman mm-hmm. who he's not with anymore. But that was one moment. Uh, Robert Crane, yes. One moment for Jimmy Kimmel. <laughs> <laughs> oh. What did I do? But that, yeah, that's the only, only time I've ever gotten a phone call from a celebrity like that. And it's a little tweaked. Well, <clears throat> 
it goes to show me that the Jimmy Kimmel who called you years later was not the Jimmy Kimmel you interviewed. <laughs> <laughs> he was in love with Sarah Silverman. Yeah. Yeah. Defending his woman. Yeah. You mentioned the Bruce Dern interview a little while ago. It was done to promote Tattoo, but it was also within a couple of years of when Bruce Dern had gone from being a character actor to a bona fide star. And at one point, at more than one point, you talk about the many psychopaths that he played on film and television. And he gives very thoughtful answers, which kind of goes back to if you're an actor, even if it's a a type, you're playing a psychopath on a Quinn Martin production, you know, you don't think of it as a type. You find some sort of character or some sort of truth that you can, at least in your own mind, bring to life in your performance. And yeah. he certainly did that. Yeah. Something like when Westerns were so hot back in the fifties mm-hmm. and sixties and he would go up to Universal and do a, you know, with Harry Dean Stanton mm-hmm. and uh, maybe Nicholson occasionally they would do the casting calls and Virginian all the shows. He just said, I was always cast as the fifth cowboy from the right, but I wanted to make <laughs> I wanted to make that fifth cowboy from the right the most interesting yeah. cowboy. And <clears throat> he got onto a show called Stony Burke. Well, uh, Jack, Jack Lord, Lord. Jack Lord before five O. Before five O. Jack Lord hated Dern. Dern hated Jack Lord because Dern was always doing stuff, you know, in his limited scenes in Stony Burke. Uh, and it reminded me, and it's not the same, but it kind of, uh, watching Magnificent Seven, mm-hmm. the original. If you look at Magnificent Seven, great cast, you will see Steve McQueen fidgeting all over the place behind or beside Yul Brenner. And your eyes just going to Steve. He's playing with his gun. You know, he's getting re- something. And Yul Brenner may be talking. But you're looking at Steve McQueen. So that's what Bruce Stern was trying to do, just some little bit of business. And there are a lot of other stories about actors who were able to build a small part into something more than that, or at least get themselves noticed yeah. by casting directors or directors who are in the audience seeing it at home. Because that's half the battle yeah. in an industry as competitive as film and television. I mean, there are a lot of actors competing for fifth bad guy on the right. That's it. And so you have to do something so that you make an impression so that people call you back. Yeah. And they remember it. They remembered him. And yeah. a lot of people remember Bruce Dern. That's why he worked as often as he did in television, even if yeah. Jack Lord hated him. And then he goes on to kill John Wayne and the Cowboys, <laughs> you know, in the first third of the movie. Which you're shocked. John Wayne just died. And Dern killed him. So the story from Dern is John Wayne said to him, uh, you know, they're going to hate you, Dern, for doing this. But, and Bruce Dern says, yeah, but they're going to love me in Berkeley. <laughs> <laughs> what year did that movie came out? That was, that was before John Wayne did appear. 72. So that's around yeah. the time he showed up at the Hasty Puddings. Where I, yeah. We can't even say what well, John Wayne said. Yeah. Let's just say somebody shouted from the audience an insult, and he returned the insult, and I think people were yes. thrilled to hear yeah. the insult in his voice. Yes. <laughs> I don't think that's, that, that story is not captured in Hollywood Plateau, but stories like that are captured in Hollywood Plateau. <laughs> yeah, they are. Well, back to Dern again. It's the time. It's the early 80s, so we're, we're coming out of that sexually 
free 60s, 70s, and a bit of 80s before AIDS. And, you know, I ask him, how important is sex to you? It's for Playgirl magazine. Yeah. And I can't do the answer for you right now. But yes, he des- we, we are terrestrial radio. Let's just say he describes his unit. Yes. Yeah. What actor nowadays would... <laughs> None. Do that. Because for, for better or for worse. For reasons yeah. that we talked about earlier in the program, because the PR agency would demand, you know, talking points at the beginning and say, okay, or they would say no, or they would excise that on the spot. Yeah. Or nine times out of ten, there would be a PR person in the room doing the interview, and they'll say, yeah. don't ask that. That's it. Strike that. Yeah. Stop tape. Or we're done. Yeah. On the female side, interviewed Karen Black, a very interesting actress. She's the same kind of thing, no matter... How good or bad the movie is, she's always interesting. You you look at her, you watch her. This was for uh, Wee Magazine, mm-hmm. the late, great Wee Magazine. And she starts talking about her body and how she likes it. And she talks about her nipples. She's sitting there thinking, this is going to look great in print. You know, <laughs> Keep going. Go, go, go. And then I tried to ask her about Scientology. Nah, close the door. Wouldn't talk about it. Well, I, I well, guess you got to draw the line. Yeah. Well, you, well, yes, you do got to draw the line somewhere. But yeah. I, I'm also guessing, and this kind of circles back to a question we asked a little while ago. Uh, in that case, she knows. I mean, we was a men's men's magazine, you know, a little more edgier, yeah, edgier than Playboy, yes. you know, for example. So, so she knew that. Yeah. So, I won't say that she, there was an expectation, but she sort of knew who she was talking to and yeah. what publication she was, and so that would direct her answers, right. Yeah, I, I agree with that. And she's, again, I thought it was, uh, it's one of my favorite interviews in the book. Robert Crane's latest book, Hollywood Plateau, is available through Amazon.com. We'll take a quick time out. We'll be back with more TV Confidential right after this. Okay, we are running a car drive right now to help veterans all across America. So if you have an old car, truck, or van, even a motorcycle or an RV sitting around, you can right now give it away and help the vets. They really need your help. And your car will help support the vets and their families. And guess what? You even get a tax donation. Plus, we'll even come and pick up your car for free. And all you've got to do is pick up your phone right now and make a free call. Now is the perfect time to do something good for the vets. Give back to the vets right now for all they've done for this country. And your old car can really help them. So call the Veterans Car Donation Program right now for free pickup of your vehicle. Help the vets and help your taxes at the same time. Call right now. 800-890-1032. 800-890-1032. That's 800-890-1032. This Week in TV History now has its own podcast you can enjoy. This Week in TV History with Tony Figueroa on Megaphone and wherever else you find podcasts. Be part of our conversation. If you like what you hear, have thoughts on this week's program, or have an idea for a future edition of TV Confidential, we'd love to hear from you. You can email us at talk tvconfidential.net talk at tvconfidential.net you can also message us at facebook.com forward slash tvconfidential x.com forward slash tvconfidential or at tvconfidential on instagram and if you're listening to us on the tv confidential podcast please be sure to hit the subscribe button
This portion of TV Confidential is brought to us by our friends at Front Porch Realty, the community of realtors in the Northern Bay Area of California that is committed to finding the solution that is best for their clients. Whether you're a first-time home buyer or looking to sell or lease your property in Northern California, call Karen Strain at 415-886-7411 or visit frontporchrealtygroup.com for more information on how they can help you.